So I was out last week uh, oh. because I flew to Ontario, California, mm. uh, because my grandpa died, which is a thing that grandpas do. Yeah, congrats to him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just like me for real. And we did a whole Catholic mass ceremony uh, to bury mm. him. And I don't know if you all have been to a Catholic funeral before. I have not. No. My Baptist relatives always warned me against it. Yeah, because well, they take too long. It's 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 terrible. <laughs> you have to go through the entirety of a mass, and then the homily uh, happens. But the homily is sort of hastily tied into your loved one's life, okay. sure, sure, somehow. And usually, it's a it's a stretch. So, is it supposed to happen at normal mass time, and then yes. they just sort of work? Oh. So, like, if a bunch of people are dead, is it like you just go down the line? Uh, yeah. I mean, it can happen that way, but I mean, okay. we we went on a Friday. This was on a Friday morning. Okay. Uh, and so it doesn't usually take place on the Sunday, but you have to do the whole rites of the mass. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like this person is a larger part of the church. So we're going to do the whole church thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and a part of that is a thing th where you just do the rosary for 30 minutes, 30 uninterrupted minutes of two people standing at the front of the room. Wow. You'd uh, have to do it so slow. Yeah. Uh, I went to a Catholic <laughs> funeral and I don't remember doing it sometimes for 30 they, minutes. Sometimes they do it the night before uh, in oh. order to circumvent it. Well, Josh, but, that's because you and your Dutch Calvinist uh, roots just folded your arms and that's said, true. No, that's true. No. I was like, I am not <laughs> participating in this and I blocked it out of my memory entirely. Uh, my grandfather was part of a long tradition of California Republicans and it's mm. very interesting because they like all Earl seem Warren. to have, yeah, well, they all seem to have the same accent, which is very weird. Like, there's an there, Orange there are County... definitely political accents. Mm. I don't know why what that is. Sure, yeah. like, the, like yeah. the Kennedy accent. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's yeah, like the Kennedy accent, but like it's like the Jimmy Stewart one a little bit. <laughs> uh, there, it's why I could do Jimmy so well. It's because there is sort of a there's an accent there that mm. I grew up with. Mm -hmm, yeah, actually, mm -hmm. I'm just doing my grandma when I do Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but uh, the woman who was doing uh, the rosary had this had this accent and she kept putting the wrong emphasis on the word. So she would say, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that for 30 minutes. So I'm sitting there in church, you know, it's 10 in the morning. Uh, I'm extremely jet lagged because our plane got delayed the night before because the winds were blowing so hard. We had to stop in Oklahoma in order oh, to boy. refuel just to make it through the winds. And so I'm jet lagged. I'm out of my mind. I'm hearing this woman say, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. <laughs> when my phone in my pocket buzzes and I get a oh, message. No. Oh no, I remember this. <laughs> I get a message from Brian Alford. And <laughs> I know what? him. I know him, yeah. And, and, and I was sitting I've heard of this man. And i and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, that's so sweet. Brian remembered that this is the morning of my grandpa's funeral. I didn't know it was gonna be in the morning. I knew it was that day. Yeah. Uh, and he was sending and I, it was just like it sending me like a little bit of support right. and love. And uh, I'm like, you know, what's the harm in checking this? We're just we're just listening to some Hail Marys happening at the front of the room. I mean, Hail Mary, hey. Hail Mary, full of grace, um, full of grace. She would also say trespasses instead of Ooh, trespasses, which is yeah. very specific. But I pull out my phone and I read the message and I would like um, I would like Brian to actually read this for you now. Uh, again, a very quiet church. I just had a horrible phrase pop into my head. I'm so gassy, I could turn James Joyce gay. <laughs> I'm not even gassy. I don't know why this has happened. <laughs> and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we got 
worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast that's so gassy we could make James Joyce gay. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. Welcome we're, back to... Yeah, welcome yeah. back to the Hype House. Oh, we're, we're, we're here we're, at the Tuawapu Hype House. Yes. Um, I know I'm, I'm a sicko. I, Josh Borman, am a noted sicko. Yeah, he and broke my toilet. <laughs> he's reading off of an app right now like he's doing an app <laughs> apology. And uh, every once in a while, uh, my sicko nature requires that we cover something that's to do with where entertainment is going. Because mm. we talk a lot mm. about the pop culture of a dying empire on this yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Much of the time it is covering stuff from the past, but sometimes we need to be future looking as well. So yeah. I said, you know what, guys, let's 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 watch some fucking Mr. Beast videos. Yeah. yeah. And we were both very unenthusiastic. About this. <laughs> Mr. Beast. You're just turning it into AJ's Mr. Beast Corner. Ooh, yeah. Mr. Beast Corner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he would do a horse sound. That's my approximation. I think he would just go. We're gonna give away a horse at the end of this episode. We're not gonna pay the insurance or the housing fees That's for right. that horse. Yes. That's right. That's oh, right. Boy. Fucking luck. We haven't been able to even find this horse's breeding papers, but yeah. we're assuming it's a thoroughbred. We don't know. <laughs> Josh, what what was your first exposure to Mr. Beast? Because you did come to us with the, this. So how did you first enter Beast mode? I I, I actually didn't really like follow Mr. Beast before this. I follow a number of YouTubers. Um, you're, you're more of a TikTok guy. You I know more, what the big TikTokers are up to. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing about Mr. Beast is that he only does YouTube as far as yeah. content goes. There are a lot of content creators who try to have a sort of diversified profile where they have a presence on different platforms. Whereas with this guy, Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, He's been on YouTube from day one, and mm -hmm. that's been the way that's building his audience. But the reason that I wanted to do an episode about him was actually that about a month ago, he released a video that yeah. was uh, like, I cured a thousand people's blindness yeah. or whatever. One thousand yeah. blind people see for the first time. Yes. In all caps, a little react picture as the thumbnail where everyone's looking very shocked into the camera. <laughs> yeah, and child. he's kind of and awkwardly it's... standing at the side being like, I hope. Yeah, he yep. has a, a YouTube thumbnails lean towards the hideous anyway oh, he doesn't fall into right. kind of the same traps of making like gigantic eyes and shit like that yeah but he has sort of a unique brand of shitty thumbnail mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and this one is just horrifying to look at it's like people have replaced their skin with clay yeah, yeah, it's 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 not Jeez. great. But uh, this was such a like fucking discourse bomb, and it actually continues to be one. Like people are still mm -hmm. talking about this right now. And yeah. Alice was just talking about it today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he'd been on my you know periphery for a while because he is the biggest account on YouTube, right? Like, yeah. if you follow he digital is media, than, than PewDiePie creators, you know who this fucking guy is. But I'd never really dug into his shit because it doesn't appeal to me honestly mm -hmm. but i knew about the brand i knew about his whole deal it's because you're not a child john it's because you are not a Correct. literal teenager but i had yeah. watched a little bit i guess the only thing is i had watched a little bit of the um squid game in real life video um, yeah but, I, you know i mean that that i that was my introduction to who he was yeah. I, I was completely unaware of his existence entirely until that video came out and everyone was like well that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. squid game is about a, a nightmare right yeah and then Netflix was like, this is a good idea. We're going to make our own series yeah. of Squid Game for real. I think he's a really interesting case study in 
new media. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that we did that Hype House uh, episode last, was that last year at this point, right? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. it was like April, I April. think. April, it was yeah. like this about is a year our ago. pilgrimage to the influencer. So we're taking, <laughs> on this year's annual trip to the influencer zone, yeah, I figured, you know, why not talk about a guy who is genuinely shaping the future of media. So yeah, uh, Mr. Beast, a.k.a. Jimmy Donaldson, yes, uh, was born in 1998, or to put that in context, that was the year of Pokemon, the first movie. Ah, yes. And three years before Avril Lavigne mysteriously appeared in New York City. Pokemon colon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back. That's right, 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 of course, my apologies. And, you know, he basically started as a Let's Player. But before we go too into his biography, I kind of want to just take a moment here to pull in the very first thing that I showed you guys as part of the playlist that we put together for this episode, because we've got a whole playlist of fucking uh, videos. And yeah, so, I mean, this is the first Mr. Beast video I watch. This is the yeah, very first same. thing I ever saw. And it's not it's not actually his video. No, right, it's, right. it's a video. It's a documentary about him. It, it's Colin and Samir who do a lot of stuff like profiling YouTubers. Yeah. But the reason that I wanted to start with this specific video is that it's not a Mr. Beast video. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a video about him outside of it. And if you have not seen very many of Mr. Beast's videos, if you mm-hmm. don't really know who he is, yeah. totally out of context. This video is one of the most wild things you will ever yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. interesting thing about Mr. Beast is he's like maybe one of the most famous people in the entire world. Yes. And yet the way fame works now, the way that fame works through these channels specifically, there's no reason that anyone our age should have really heard about him. Right. 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 Like because we're not children. Yeah. And we are not parents of children. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so he's he's completely off of our radar. So the first video then that I had you guys watch for this shit was this video we spent 24 hours with Mr. Beast, where basically they went down to American Dream Mall in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We'll talk about this video in more detail again toward the end, but I just wanted to get at this point first impressions from this video where he is opening this burger shop in a mall and breaking a world record. It baffled me. Yeah. This kid who seems to be uh, genuinely his only concern is that everybody have a good time and yeah. that mm-hmm. every, that everyone like feel like they had a worthwhile experience. He just has such an anti charisma yeah. in a way th- they at one point show the head chef of this burger joint that he's opening mm-hmm. the Mr. Beast burger. And that guy's name is Eric and he is infinitely oh, more charismatic such yeah. a character it's he is name. such a fun and interesting character and i'm like why what in, in a rational world this would be the man this who has right. all these followers yeah, right. but instead we're following this kid who just seems very sort of uncomfortable in his own skin he's wearing uh flip-flops shorts and a long sleeve t-shirt like it's yeah just i very said he's sort of he's not super on when we first see him but he's not in yeah. public he doesn't and, have right. to be on and yet. then yeah. he shows up in public and he still doesn't he's not my definition of on that's no. for sure no 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 but i think that approachability is sort of part of his appeal yeah Uh, it's like if you gave the weird surfer guy in your high school like 54 million (laughs) dollars and told him to change nothing about himself yeah and i think that's a lot a a huge part of the appeal to all these kids out there and he just stays in it board shorts and all yeah (laughs) you see all these people lining up you know this is people who have camped out for more than 24 hours 36 hours in some cases um, you have people holding signs of support for Mr. Bean. 
He's getting all sorts of shit. I wish I did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> holding signs of support. Oh my God. Holding signs of support for Mr. Beast. Yes. That just say shopmrbeast.com. Yeah. Right. These are like eight year olds, man. They've tattooed it on their faces with permanent yeah. marker. Yeah. Like a lot of these kids are, like, we're talking about teenagers. A lot of these kids are kids. Yeah. I just wanted to take a moment. AJ, what do you think a tattoo is? Yeah, no, it's when you just draw anything on your skin and mm-hmm. uh, it stays there forever. Yeah. That's a tattoo. But what you see here when he does make this appearance, we get a lot of discussion about the logistics. He wants to make sure that everyone gets a burger. Whoever doesn't get a burger gets a picture with him. Yes. He wants to make sure that he can get a picture with everyone, which is not possible. And they realize, okay, so there's an estimated 10,000 people here. He wants to set a record for selling 10,000 burgers in a day right. because the record is 2,000. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler, they don't get anywhere near 10,000. But the defining moment of this video for me, the moment that made me go, holy fucking shit yeah is this moment where he walks up to a railing overlooking the rest of the mall yeah and it's like this fucking moment of caesar addressing the masses you can hear the screams of the crowd and everyone seeing him and somebody hands him a mic and he quiets them down and it's like he's he's god in this moment he is god his appearance is this like benevolent like i'm here I care about you. Yes. That's what he exudes. So I want you to hold that image in your head now as we jump into talking about where he came from. Yeah. That moment is him at his absolute apex. Now let's talk about how he got started. I took I took I took the note of when he's addressing everybody. What if you gave Millhouse unlimited power? (laughs) And everything is coming up Millhouse, but it wasn't always that way. No, it wasn't. So uh, you had mentioned AJ, born in 98 in Kansas. This is all per Rolling Stone, by the way. They did a profile of him. I'm just going to quote from the article. Great. Uh, He was born in Kansas, the middle child to two parents who were active duty in the military, with his mother, Sue, serving as a prison warden in Mannheim, Germany, before being stationed at Fort Leavenworth. Wow. After a tumultuous marriage, his parents split up in 2007 when Donaldson was eight and he no longer has any contact with his father. He declined to discuss the reasons why on the record. Donaldson attended a small private school, Greenville Christian Academy, which I looked into just a little bit. Looks like a pretty standard issue like Christian school. It's connected to a Baptist church, uh, very like Southern fried kind of thing. Sure. uh, Where boys were given demerits for wearing their hair too long and forced to copy Bible verses as punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is one of those Baptist schools attached to a Baptist church. This is a way that churches, a lot of these churches will diversify. They either start like a high school or something, or they'll start like a Bible institute, a college that no reasonable person yeah, would yeah, expect yeah, yeah, to yeah. give a good education. Jesus. This is a this is a very big grift, especially in the Southern Baptist and world. And Tim LaHaye did that, we'll remember, uh-huh, from the Left uh-huh. Behind episode. He started his own college. Yep. Oh, my um, God. Again, it's just like a growth out of the, the church building itself. This is where it becomes interesting to me when I was like reading a little bit of his biography, because we talk about even evangelical Christianity all the time on this show. He yeah. grew up evangelical. Yeah. Um, and, and and not just evangelical, but clearly a very like disciplinarian kind mm-hmm. of background. I mean, his, right. his, his he mom was a, a fucking a, prison warden. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's right, a, right, right. a single mother in the military raising two boys, him right. and his older brother, right. who later starts a YouTube channel called Mr. Bro. Which is very charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Mr. Beast himself has five channels currently active. There's yeah. Mr. Beast, there's Beast Reacts, there's Mr. Beast Gaming, there's Mr. Beast Two? 
Yes. Which is, I guess, yeah. is just more Mr. Beast. And then there's Beast Philanthropy, yep. which is a very different thing, which we'll get into a little bit yeah. later. Mm-hmm. But and there's actually even more channels than that, and I will get into that too. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> um, th- those are sort of the major ones that that uh, that I, I, I could find. But he only started with the one, Mr. Beast 6000, as yeah. he was known when he first started. Apparently, when, he posted his first video when he was 11? When he yeah. was 11. So the first video you will find is a video that we watched, Worst Minecraft Saw Trap, which is, yeah, people would make a, a something in Minecraft that's like if you're trapped by Jigsaw in the movie Saw, here's a thing that's going to be a really hard thing to get out of. It's it's not anything special, right? Yeah, this it's video was pub- low frame rate. <laughs> February 20, 2012 is when this video was published. He's he's super mumbly. It's an it's a 13-year-old child. And the reason yeah. why he's 13 is because when he started it when he was 11, his his first video was a battle cards video. That got 20,000 views basically overnight. Tremendous. Which and is a tremendous he kept amount. making videos. None of them did particularly well. This was before monetization was really much of a thing. Right. Sure. Um, maybe Fred was making money off of YouTube at this point and like nobody else. Uh, right. Or, or, or and like then Ryan Higa. And then PewDiePie would come along like in an, a yeah. year or two and start making some real and money. When he was 13, one of his classmates found out about his YouTube channel and he was like, oh, fuck. And he just deleted everything. So, um, so that's why the first stuff we see is from when he's 13. So on. this is like all the lost years, basically, yeah. the first two years. But he has kept everything up from when he was 13 yep. on. God, if that video, if that Minecraft video is, imagine what the previous two years must have been. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just <laughs> I, genuinely on, more of the same. Oh, it definitely is. I'm just saying, like, it must be so much more unwatchable. Moving on from that video, I mean that's pretty much all there is to say about it. We well, you get, get you get other stuff like that too in his early days. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of him playing video games. It's either that or it's like first person shooters, a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what this next video is. Is he's talking about how much money he thinks PewDiePie has made. Right. This is a follow up to a previous video where he said that PewDiePie makes like fourteen thousand dollars a day or something like that. And he goes into like sort of the basic calculations by looking at another YouTuber who had posted a screenshot of their metrics. Right. And he says, yeah, this is really loose numbers. He knows what all of the factors are into right. monetization, into selling ads and everything like that. But he he gives sort of the lowest possible estimate of how much the top YouTuber at the time would be making. And it's yeah. it's a, it's over some footage of uh, uh, it's a call of duty. Yeah. yeah. And as a video, it's just rambling. I mean, it's it's just not a good video no, at all. No. That, this is the kind of video that any kid who currently watches Mr. Beast is probably making right now. Any 13 yeah, yeah. year old. And I mean, that's the know? thing is I don't I don't want to go too hard against these videos because it's a child. You know, it's a child making yeah, them yeah. and like good for good on him for doing so. And also for keeping it secret from his mother for, I guess, uh, yeah. five years. Well, I, I think the thing that's interesting here is less the videos themselves, which are very much just like. Somebody who is young making shit for the sake of making shit because they have a compulsion to create something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The, the The more interesting thing is the way that even at this point you can see his relentless obsession with and fixation on metrics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all about like he's already thrown around uh, terms like, you know, CPM and uh, rev mm-hmm. split because he is interested in the mechanics of the business. You know, PewDiePie for him is an aspirational icon yeah less because of what he is making in the creation sense and more of what he is making in a money sense right yeah. right because mr beast is not making videos that are imitating felix kielberg he's right no. he's not putting his face in the videos yet he probably doesn't have a camera at this point um right but he's not screaming and swearing and saying the n-word or whatever right he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's 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 not that kind of personality he's just kind of 
jabbering <laughs> over video game footage. Yeah, and it is it's like it, it also shows this obsession sort of with money also from like the yeah. get-go. Like mm-hmm. it is it is this like okay, so I want to make this into a sustainable career, but he's thinking about that when he's like 15 years old. Yes. Which yes. is, you know, I a lot of people don't know what they want to be when they're that young yeah. but it seems like mr beast from that age is just like i'm gonna be a youtuber well especially in 2014 yeah. you know like yeah. that's the thing that people forget too is obviously now the creator economy is sort of the thing yeah um and and there were indications that this would become the thing that it was we'll all remember of course the a uh, Time Magazine Person of the Year issue when the person was you. Yes. Uh, which, right. We all that? remember if we're our age in our 30s. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right, right. That was 2007, I believe. Right. But for most of the listeners of this podcast who are all, all the angry Mr. Beast fans that's are right, going that's to come right. here to defend <laughs> their Jesus. Wait, so, like, there was a pathway to being a successful creator and having that be a thing. But at this time, a lot of success in that sphere still was dependent on also having a presence in legacy media. Yeah, you had to break out because the first, yep. if I'm not mistaken, the first person to become famous off of the Internet was Andy Milanakis. Oh, OK. And oh. Andy Milanakis gets an MTV2 show. Right. Right. right and today right. you can still see him doing commercials or he does events. He I remember he was uh, I forget. G4 had its own video game award show. He appeared on that. Okay. Um, he, he was doing TV. That's what made him money. The guy who did the the Numa Numa video on Newgrounds yeah. eventually made money by making videos that were ads for Geico, where he oh, okay. he danced oh, that's right. to the. I always feel like somebody's watching me because they had the little money googly eye thing bit for the Geico ads, and he had the gecko dancing in the background, oh, and that's like right. that is how you were able to to monetize your stuff. You couldn't just right. make your videos. And then have YouTube embed an advertisement in there or whatever else. Right, right. Whereas Jimmy, on the other hand, always saw his revenue stream in the digital sector. Like yeah. He, yeah. he was like, I am going to look at how much money PewDiePie is making on his videos on YouTube because that clearly is his model for what he also wants to do. So Hey there, you are listening to a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this, head on over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash worst of all. And you can listen to not only the rest of this episode, but our entire backlog of premium episodes, bonus episodes. And if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you will get an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. Hope to see you there.